Are you ready? It's Shot of Wrestling. Episode 228. And away. We go. Oh, Rachel, get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 228 of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host at... Michael J. Putty, joined as always, Hollywood, Mark Schwann, MyFamilyRecord.com, whatever. Please welcome our very, very special guest. You hear him every week, week in and week out on this show. But it's the first time here as a full-time guest host. Please welcome the voice of A Shot of Wrestling, Shane Fair. Shane, welcome to A Shot of Wrestling, buddy. Thank you very much, Mr. Putty. Thanks for having me, my brother. No problem. About time I'm getting you yeah. on the show. How's everything going? Oh, Mark's still here. Mark, what's going on? I was going to say, man, you know, like, usually I would take issues with the way you introduce me, but... Because I love Shane so much, I'm going to let that pass. Shane, thank you so much for joining us here today. I am just happy to see you, man. I haven't seen you since BCW anniversary. How you been? My brother, Schwan, my, my personal favorite actor, as he should be yours as well. Goddamn uh, right. Great to see, great to see and hear your voice. You know, uh, you know, full disclosure, I am looking at you, but for our fans, you know, obviously hearing you. But uh, it is great to hear both your voices, like a, like a shot of home it should be, because <laughs> I feel quite at home hearing you both. Your voice always just, like, puts me at ease. Like, it just, like, there's just something about your voice that just makes me, ah, yes, that's what wrestling sounds like. <laughs> it's like oh, it's that, like, that is quite a compliment. Thank you, my Great brother. voices. It's Morgan Freeman than Shane Fair. Like, what's it, we call it smooth, smooth pipes? Golden pipes? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, he swam through 200 yards of the most vile. <laughs> wow, yes, that's pretty good. Yes. Uh, Shane, you know, I, I may have to hire you one day just to, like, you know, read me a story to put me to sleep. Is that is that weird? No, that's fine, man. That That's, you know, that's I guess that's in the borderline customs uh, arena, but I'd entertain it, certainly. <laughs> I'm not asking you to tuck me in or anything. That gets weird. But You have, you know, you have, trouble, you just, you have trouble going to sleep? Part of the service. It's 2020, man. Apparently, it's a year of insomnia, so... Uh, you, know, you, should, you should do what I do because I have trouble falling asleep. Works every What's time. That? Watch one of your movies. Damn. Wow. Wait, did you watch my movie in BBR Film Festival? Not yet. I was going to do it this weekend. It's 12 minutes long, putty. I'm a busy man. Mm. And, 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 quick plug, quick plug. My movie just got to another film festival, the Yonkers Film Festival, which is beginning in November. Wow. How many movies are entered to the Yonkers Film Festival? Quite a few. It's a very popular one. Is it? Outside mm-hmm. of Yonkers? I mean, in, it's inside of New York. It's a very popular one. I said no. Okay. Um, Shane. There was a Canadian film that premiered here a couple years ago. So, excuse me. Excuse me. You're excuse me. Can we talk to Shane now, please? Are you done? Yes, you done? Yeah, I, I, want, I want to talk to Shane. Shane, you. you know, uh, every time I have a guest on the show, one of the first questions I ask him is, how you doing? How you feeling? With everything going on. But now it's kind of in a different context. I saw the video you posted. How you feeling? Are you, uh, you feeling okay? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, there's a lot of emotions that happened since and, uh. I kind of I've been quiet the last couple of weeks. I wanted to kind of compose myself because uh, understandable. If, if I ran, if I would have made a post that night, 
and rambled off, I, I would have lost a lot more than, uh, I think one friend that evening. So, um, yeah, it's just been a lot of emotions. Basically there was, you know, the, the physical pain of that evening, it, you know, it lasted till maybe Tuesday, but the, uh, emotional distress is, it, it's just embarrassing. It's humiliating in a lot of ways. And, uh, I have to say, sorry. Like, how how is it embarrassing? You, you're in a, you're a ring announcer, a damn good one at that. Going against a seven foot monster, a, a man who was a champion for over five hundred days. There's nothing embarrassing about that, Shane. Like I I don't understand how you how you feel embarrassed when you went toe to toe, and that was your choice with all due respect, the, to put your face, to put um... your, your your finger in that man's face. I, I disagree, like uh, with a, a lot of that, because uh, you know, can I, can I, are we at the point where I could take you through it, kind of step by step? Or yeah, I was about to ask you, uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, just please recap what happened. Yeah, certainly. All right, uh, at our last event at Pro Wrestling Magic, this is Magic. It was the first time that we were in front of a crowd, you know, in about six months. So this was a limited seating. Uh, it uh, ran on. Uh, we had we were live on YouTube. You know, we, we were, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great day. It was a great day to be back. It was a great day to, uh, you know, kind of, you saw all the people for the first time in six months and everything. It was a very emotional day. A lot of, you know, that could come into play later, why it was so emotional. Uh, we had a championship showcase match where we had uh, our heavyweight champion, Smiley, taking on uh, Sebastian Cage and Meadowlands Monster. Steve Gibke came out. He, with his claim to the tag team championship, he interjected himself in, into the match as well. Match went down great. Um, the conclusion of the match, Meadowlands Monster, um, he's had a lot of gripes. He's been griping since I, I, I've really known him in the company. He's always had some kind of gripe or some kind of uh, animosity towards management. And uh, he lashed out, first on Smiley and Cage. Then uh, a referee by the name of Lee, who was making his debut, it was his first night. So his family was there, his daughter was there. Wow. That was great, you know, to see his daughter, like you know. So there was that. His friend Lawrence, who we also trained, so he had the trust of this man Lawrence. He had the trust of this man Lee, and he just attacked basically everyone. So there came a point where I was in the back. I'm now watching this, um, leaning over the monitor. Uh, Chris Egan and John Barbieri, two of our uh, the board of directors on uh, Pro Wrestling Magic, sitting there. They're in shock, and I, I basically exclaimed to them that you know somebody's got to do something. It was just it was weird though. It was like the stars aligned. Like nobody that could do anything was really upstairs. Like if you're familiar with that building, is an upstairs and a downstairs, and for whatever reason, it's just like the stars aligned. And like uh, Anthony Iovino, the owner and uh, the founder of basically a magic. Uh, he was downstairs in the locker room going over things. It was just uh, like, I don't want to say asleep at the switch, but it was just, it just happened at the perfect time where no one, even though it was the main event, there was just a lot of things going on and people were distracted. So I'm watching the monitor. I'm leaning over the monitor, watching this happen. And I say to John and Chris, I'm like, somebody has got to do something, you know, because when, at one point he had uh grabbed Trixie by the hair. And that was kind of like visceral. There was that was there was an immediate reaction backstage when everybody saw him grab Trixie by the hair. So at that point, it was like we got to do something. Somebody's got to intervene. Looked around. John Tella, the the only other guy of monsters equal size, was not there this evening. So uh, we didn't have a big guy. We didn't have a heavy hitter. So the only way to intervene was with rationale at that point. So I, I saw what was going on. 
uh, I pled to John and Chris. I was like, somebody's got to do something. And to which John Barbieri said to me, then you go. So, oh, so you're the sacrificial lamb then. Wow. Yeah. You're the and, sacrificial and lamb. They're at the helm. They're at the helm of the ship. So it's like, uh, you know, I understand that decision, but still, it's like I'm the announcer. It's like, how many hats do I have to wear? Like, you know, that's not I, your you job. Know. You're right. That's not your job. And no, then look what happened. So I, I just want to rectify, like, you know, like already I'm put in this position. This is in a position of where I'm going to be the tough guy and go, like, go police the seven foot monster, you know, literal monster, uh, who, full disclosure, I happen to be like, you know, one of my best friends has been over my house. We've broke bread together. We've driven together with, you know what I mean? Uh, when he's at his worst, you know, I'm the first call and vice versa, you know, so we're very close, full disclosure. Well, we're close at this point, you know? So I, I run out there. I'm, I'm calling his name monster monster. And you can tell like he has his look in his eye where he's just intense on doing something destructive, but he, he it was like, he hasn't quite figured it out yet. So when I, get, I finally get to the ropes, I just scream out Lou. And then I see I get a reaction at him. Like, it kind of broke. So I don't know if he was more angry that I called him by his shoot name or there was some kind of, like, a moment of clarity. But now now he looked at me. So I kind of, like, you know, I took a sigh of relief. Okay, now now we're getting somewhere. Now we're communicating with him. You know, we can't stop him through violence. There's no, none of us, nothing I can do to hurt this guy. You know, even with a weapon in my hand, there's nothing I can do to hurt him. So, um, gotta just hit him with rationale. So right away, I, I, I you know, when I get his attention, I'm like, you know, everything you've worked for, it can be is is going to be gone in a second. You know, he he had been complaining to me privately about all these signings that went on, the six big signings that happened that week to the performance center. That was the class with uh, Briggs, Brandy Lauren. And he was complaining, why not me? Why, you know, like he, so basically what I was telling him at that point was, this isn't how you're ever going to get signed. There's not one of those people that got signed that there's a viral video of them hurting a woman. And then they went on to get signed. Good point. So forget about that. You know what I mean? So I just watched him attack his, his closest friends, like sacrificial lambs, like, you know, the term that you would use, like sac much like sacrificial lambs. And it was funny that he only attacked people that he were cl he was close to who would be surprised by it. And like, uh, um, by nature had their guard down, like they were very vulnerable to him to, to begin with. So his friends, the re you know, the, the referee on his first night. So, uh, that was interesting. People he had trained and had trusted him previously with their bodies in training and, uh, and other situations. Now he had betrayed them physically and, and, and hurt them. I'm trying to rationalize with this guy and um, tell him that he's going to lose everything. This is my friend. And I've watched on a personal level as his temper has ruined opportunity after opportunity with him. Like to, for, for Lou Bruno, you know, full disclosure, his name, Lou Bruno, his own biggest enemy is Lou Bruno. It's not pro wrestling management. It never has been. It's never been this guy or the Joey Janellas or whoever he has like this, this animosity towards that. Let's eat him away. His own enemy has always been Lou Bruno, the Meadowlands monster. He is a passenger in his own body, you know, from his, from his temper. Like it's just a matter of time before he ruins every single aspect of his life. He has that self-destruct complex. So now I'm witnessing this firsthand. Like, you know, like I've witnessed him attack his friends right in front of me. So he, um, you know, I tell him and I try to explain this to him. And all of a sudden he says to me, it's you, uh, it's you, a Trixie. So, wow. I, 
I said, no, I, you know, I, you, you audibly, you can hear me on the, on the, uh, the video. I'm like, that's never been, that's not, that's not an option. So I brought the mic out with me as I spoke to him, because I figured if I can say it to him, everyone can hear it. You know, I'm going to, we're going to, you know, what I'm, I want everybody to hear what my plea is, what my, uh, my final, um, just plea to get him to stop destroying not only the people in the ring, but his career. This is my plea as a friend to get him to stop. And I want everybody to hear it. So finally he, um, he gets to the point where he just says, it's you or it's Trixie. And I look at him and there's not, there's, there's nothing that's going to, there's nothing, no other solution. This, this is the means to an end. This is the decision. It's my safety or his. So when I listen to, uh, you know, him say a lot of things about um, that, you know, we attacked him or we, you know, that might've been true in the case of Trixie who was protecting Smiley. But in my case, I, you know, entered the ring to, to just rationalize with this man to make him stop and to stop ruining and self-sabotaging himself. So um, I plead as much as I could. And, you know, we all have that friend. We all have that friend who like self-sabotages themselves. And uh, you get to that point where, you know, it's so predictable, you know, that they're going to ruin every situation, every opportunity. And that's, that's him. It's like, uh, it's like a living, breathing cancer to him that is just going to eventually dissolve anything positive for him. So I'm watching this firsthand, firsthand, uh, you know, this happening. So finally, I I realized it's me or it's going to be tricky. So I was like, all right, I'll just tangle up with him I'll do, I'll do something some kind of i hadn't quite thought it out i was like i'm just gonna get involved with him that'll give trixie enough time to leave the ring you know she'll she'll get out of the ring so i hang up my jacket i'm putting my jacket on the rope and 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 it's the craziest feeling that i'm 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 thinking when i turn around it my friendship with this guy you know that i've driven with that i've broken bread with that i've spent all these hours with it's gone you know the second i turn around it's over man like the the my life is going to change. My, you know, career magic is going to change. And I knew this. So as I'm hanging up my jacket, taking off my gloves, and I, and then I see Trixie to the right of me. And then I see that he had just thrown her to the ground. So it's like, that just happened home. That's it. That's it. Right now, we got to do this. You know, I turn around and I bowled up my fist. And I don't know at that moment, like, uh, you hear sometimes like a, when it's the shootout between the two friends, the one friend shoots off to the side you know, and takes the, the duel, you know, takes the bullet, you know, so to speak. And I don't know that if I, I was trying to connect with him, I don't, I, I, it was, it was a really cloudy moment. I don't know if I was physically trying to punch him. I turn around, next thing you know, I have this mitt right on my throat, right? So he's not choking me, you know, like he had the, the, the hand right around my throat. He's, I'm not being choked, but I'm definitely being held. Like, and I, again, I see that that moment of destruction where he's deciding what, what he's going to do. He's deciding my fate. So the next thing you know, I feel this mitt grab me around my belt loop. So right away, I know he's going to, he's going to try to pick me up. He's going to try to lift me. Right. And all I could do is I just swung my arm and I smacked him, you know, I smacked him right on his face and it, it was like, you know, punching a brick wall. It was, it was, it was all it did. I don't even know that it made him mad because it didn't hurt him enough to even make him mad, but it just sealed my fate. It sealed my, you know, what was going to happen. And uh, I don't, I know Ray Romano jokes about like when you try to pick up a toddler, how they put all their oh, weight yeah. down. 
So like that's that was my that was my strategy. I was like, I'm gonna just be dead weight. I'm gonna put all my weight down, and this guy's not gonna let. Me. So the second I put all my weight down, he went down with me, and then lifted me by my belt loop, and then had his arm. And then next thing you know, I'm looking at my feet. I hit the I hit the mat, and it was like a choke. I, I was like, I just got choke slam. You know, like you, you don't think in the heat of a moment you're gonna take a hacker wrestling move. Like you think this guy's gonna punch you in the face or something. But like, uh, just because of the way the events took place, got the got that arm. You know, he got that grip right around my belt loop, and he, he, it was like almost he was deciding what he was gonna do with me. But once he had that leverage on me, I guess you know I was going up, and I knew it. I knew he was gonna try to lift me because why else was he gonna grab my belt loop? You know what I mean? Like he grabbed around my, you know, my waistband, and I felt. And he lifted you with ease, pretty much, so, man. And, and and Shane, you're you're, you're not a small so guy. Push you know, three, like, bro. And, and the Midlands monster picked you up like nothing, like nothing. Like a it, it just it just seemed like again, with all due respect, Shane, you're just making one bad move after another at that moment. And I get it. Right. You know, there's there's no necessarily predicting what a man or a monster in this case what that person's going to do when they snap. And I I had the privilege of talking to the Metal Lens Monster to get his view on how everything went down. So actually, you know what? We might as well, like, get his take. You you I, gave your you gave your perception of as far as what happened from, from your lens. Right. Um, I, I think we should probably hear from the monster himself. What do I've you think heard it fragmented. I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear his, his whole explanation on that, on that night for sure. How are you feeling though? Like after the hit, after you hit that mat, how are you feeling? Um, my head hit, and I just I don't I don't remember anything. I, I remember looking up at those mirror the mirror above the uh, above the uh, the ring because if you at Ridgefield Park they have like that mirror ceiling and everything, so it was the strangest feeling. I'm like looking, it was like an out of body experience. I'm looking at myself laying sprawled out, on you know on the ring, and I notice that um, like feet are just going. All, I, I see feet going all around my hand Trixie's foot I see his giant boot going by my foot so my first reaction is to just kind of like turn over right so as I go to turn over I, I, I then I feel it so then I just I just you know not pass out but I, I just give up the ghost I'm not I'm I just rolled out of the way as best I could and I, I felt like I was gonna hit by a Mack truck basically which is fitting you know given his profession but yeah. kind of worn away yeah. very fitting <laughs> Well, well, I'm uh, sorry I had to go through that. No, it was, yeah, it was, you know, I had an interesting incident earlier this summer a lot of people know about, too. So it was, you know, interesting year, man. It's just an interesting year. You know, I don't I don't like to play the victim. I don't like people who play the victim. Uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, like he, I, I, I've heard tell, and maybe he even mentions it in this interview. I'll be curious to hear, but uh, he really has been playing the victim himself after this. Really? So. I'd, I'd be interesting to hear in this interview, so please. Yeah. Well, to you. well, funny. Should, I mean, I know we have a format here, but you know, I, I feel like the show has already gone off the rails. Uh, should we just play it? You know what? Uh, after hearing Shane's story, I'm very curious to see what he has to say. So let's get right to All it. All right. What is up, everyone? It is me, your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin himself, Mark Schwann, and I am joined today by man. Well, more so a monster. That gives me the chills. Ladies and gentlemen, the Medellin's monster himself. What is up? What's up, man? Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, man. I, I'm glad uh, you're a big guy. So I'm glad that, you know, we're doing this 
over Zoom rather than in person. How are you holding up, though? I mean, 2020 has been a hell of a year. So I, I almost uh, like, how you been? Good, man. Good. I uh, haven't stopped. I had a change of jobs during the quarantine, but that was as far as it actually affected me. Good, man. Good. I defended my, my newly stripped title that I never lost uh, over quarantine while everybody else didn't do anything. Yeah, I've been great, man. So I want to touch on that. It was a pro wrestling magic. Um, you created quite the controversy over there. You pretty much cleaned house, including the beloved Shane Fair. I uh, want to go over here. What, what was your mindset when all of that was going down? What, what happened? I, uh, I've been quite quiet uh, with everybody there. I, I keep my mouth shut. I do what I'm, what I'm told to do. Uh, I never bitch and moan about anything. Uh, since I started with Magic, uh, about I would say maybe two and a half years ago, uh, more or less. I didn't get on the roster right away. I was really, really new. I'm still really new, but um, I was a lot greener than I was. And I, I told them, hey, I'll do anything you need me to do uh, to get an opportunity. Uh, and for like maybe a year straight, I ran their ring crew. I was the first one at the building. I set up the ring several times by myself, set up the chairs, made sure the building was ready for that. You know, for when people got there, everything was just set up and ready to go. And it didn't it didn't stop there. You know, at the end of the night, everybody would just pack up their stuff and leave. And here I am, you know, putting in my time, taking down rings with maybe one person. Nobody wanted to help. And it got to a point where it's just, it, it, it's like abuse, taking advantage of you. I'm not the type of person to kind of disrespect anybody. And since I won that title, you know, listen, Adam Payne is... Probably one of the best champions they've ever had. He's he's a powerhouse. He's huge. He's uh, ex-military. You know what I mean? Like the guy's got credentials up and down. Uh, but I took it from him. I beat him. The first time we've ever faced. And since that moment to what happened, I defended that title over and over against guys that they just kind of threw my way because I guess they just felt like whatever, you know, and nothing was easy for me. I never had, you know, one-on-one -on -one matches hardly ever. Basically never had a, a an easy road in my defenses. First first match back, you know, I'm expecting them to showcase each individual champion's skills in a match. And they're so lazy and don't know what to do. So they just throw us all together in a match. And then Steve Gipke, uh, yeah, LDN champion, but still a tag champion in Magic, having no right to be in that match and come out and cry and moan. You know what I mean? Like, that's the new thing, I guess. Everybody's got to bitch and moan to get their way. But I honestly never did, never did that. You know, I've put nothing but respect into that title. I've actually made that title more relevant than the heavyweight title because I defend it so goddamn much. And I'm, it's out there. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly pushing it. I'm constantly promoting it because I'm a proud champion. And it just got to a point where that match, I don't know, man, something just kind of snapped. Listen, I'm seven feet freaking tall. I, I don't need to be pussyfooting around with these little dudes. I don't need to be put in a match with a light heavyweight champion. It, it's just not, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I, I'm there. This is to, for me to make money, to, to feed my kids, to, um, you know, support my family. It, it's not, it's not as an entertainment thing from my standpoint. This is, you know, I'm tired of putting over the little guys. I'm tired of, 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 of having to wrestle to the small guy. You know what I mean? It's time for me to show everyone that, I'm, I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous to be in the ring with. Listen, I, I'm going to say it right now. What happened to Trixie? Screw Shane. 
everybody's crying about Shane. Everybody's worried about fucking Shane. Pardon the French. But I haven't seen one person care about Trixie. I haven't seen one person say anything about Trixie on social media. I haven't even seen Smiley say anything about anything. I mean, that's a very good point. I, I don't necessarily know why. I guess because uh, with Shane, it was so shocking. We, we've never seen something happen to Shane before, uh, necessarily in the ring. But, you know, you know I mean, that, that's a valid point right there. I mean, listen, it, I, I extend my apologies, my sincerest apologies to Trixie. But let's all think about this. And it's been already stated all over social media. She took it upon herself to get into that ring by herself. Nobody forced her into the ring. I didn't go outside and grab her and throw her into the ring and abuse her in the ring. I was taking care of business. She decided to step into the ring and slap me. What am I supposed to do? Valid point. I, you did make a valid point. I, I don't necessarily, with all due respect, I don't necessarily condone the actions you did, but I, at least I understand where you're coming Listen, from. Listen, I don't condone it either. Right. But in the situation and what was going down, listen, man, don't get in my way. Don't get in my way. Don't get involved. And if management cared so much, where were they? Where was Anthony Iovino? He didn't come out once. Where was Steve Off, the owner of the company? Where was, where was Chris Egan? Where was everybody? No, they sent out two little-ass referees thinking that that was going to do anything. And then what else happened? Nothing. They didn't send anybody out. None of the talent came out because they're all goddamn scared. Nobody came out to help. The only person that I would put my money on that came out would have been John Teller, but he wasn't there that night. But I know for a fact he wouldn't have lifted a finger for that. What would have happened if management went into the ring? Would it be, would it, would it be the same results? Would you, I don't know. Would you have stopped? Would, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Is there anyone that could have stopped you possibly? In, in the state that I was in, I don't think so. Wow. And you can see it. So. You can see it. I mean, there was, there was a snap in there. I, I honestly, from watching that, I, I watched it a few times over. I, I don't think anyone could have possibly stopped you. Listen, I've got a lot of years in. I've got a lot of years in life. Hard. I've literally, and, and I'm, not even, I'm not even like blowing smoke up or, or making anything up. I've, I've gone days without eating. I've gone without having money in my pocket. I've walked the streets. I've slept in bus stops. I've been kicked out of my house. I've been abused mentally and physically by exes. I, I, I've been Mr. Nice Monster for a large portion of my life. And it's, it's seriously, um, I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with being taken advantage of. All I've ever done is help people. I support people. And then people got to talk crap. People got to snicker. People got to try to make up crap about me. I, I am the last person you want to be angry. I'm the last person that you want to snap. I will run through that locker room like if it was nothing. There is not one person in that locker room that I'm scared of. There's not one person in that locker room that I will not stand up against. And they opened up something that I really think that they're not ready for. They stripped me of my title 543 days, the longest reigning Dark Arch champion. I've defeated everyone from Casanova Valentine, who's a deathmatch god, the reincarnation of Cactus Jack, Mankind, Mick Foley. That dude is a legend. I put him down. I picked his big fat ass off the ground and I slammed him into the mat through a door and I pinned him one, two, three. I wrestled Sean Donovan and I put him down. I wrestled 
freaking what's his name josh briggs who shouldn't even have a goddamn contract in wwe right now yeah i put his dumb ass down too johnny silver that half midget half dwarf yeah i put him down too and a triple threat nonetheless you i had both of them at the same time anyone they've given to me i've put down and no matter what situation it's been john Tella with the bald head i've wrestled him countless times what three four times now a doors match a fans bring the weapons match he's cut my hair off my head he's he's constantly berated me and talk crap about my family and me and my wrestling skills and all this crap and i've beaten him every goddamn time evan myers his new his new manager the one also who came at me and tried to take shots at me who's friends of management and oh we're gonna let matt we're gonna give evan myers a match we're gonna give evan myers a match with bruno so we can Put him in the limelight right away, even though he hasn't wrestled in like fucking 15 years. No, that's cool. That's cool. Get, that's the type of guys you want to give me to defend the title. Guys that don't aren't even worth to be in the ring with me right now. I put in more work than most of the guys in the industries, and I could put money on that. I may not be living and dying in a fucking gym because I have a real life outside of wrestling. I am a truck driver. I drive every freaking day. I'm on a truck 14 hours a day. I try to juggle real life with my dreams. And now people are getting in the way of my dreams and I'm going to have to just put them all down so I can step over them and continue on to where I know I'm going to be. How long, because it seems like you've been holding this in for a while and it finally it just, it just exploded. How long would you say you've been feeling like this? I would say for a little while. Like what, what was the uh, first instance where it's like, damn. Just, just, just the constant backstabbing or the constant use of my uh, kindness. Like some of the matches that I've had, me and Adam Payne, me and John Tella, the Doors match, we sold out magic with no headliners on our card. These are homegrown guys. We put in so much work that people noticed it and we showed it and we rocked the house. And why am I not main event? Why are you not showcasing my skills and putting me in these matches that are like clusterfuck matches where it's like makes no sense? I put in a lot of work. I feel like I've earned a little bit of respect and I'm not getting it. And it's really, it's really, I'm, I'm just tired of it. Respect is a big word. And I, I can tell with your frustration uh, again, going back to it, it sounds like no one could have stopped you at that point. Is there anyone in the locker room that, you respect is there anyone left there that you respect right now or is it all out the window listen I, I know everybody's like oh he's a fucking asshole now and yeah i may be an asshole and i might have a new attitude to myself but i can honestly say i respect almost everyone in that locker room just for the fact of what we go out and do every day i'm not breaking character i'm not nothing this is me this is me what you guys are getting is my, is the monster is bruno what you saw in the ring was me i'm sorry i had to put trixie down i'm sorry i had to put shane down but maybe they'll learn not to get in my way. Maybe they'll learn that you need to respect me a little bit more now. Well, I think after watching that video, I mean, everyone's seen on social media. I think we've all learned uh, don't get in your way. <laughs> At least yeah. I certainly have. So with that being said, what, what now? What's next for you? What, what can we expect to see going forward with, with this new attitude? The heavyweight championship. The heavyweight championship. That's all I want now. You want to strip me of my baby? Now I'm going to come back and take your baby. If they think that I'm going to be hung up on the Dark Arts Championship, I'm not. Because I've never lost it. It's, I'm still the champion. You can't take that from me unless I lose it. You took it because you're scared of me and you don't know what to do. But yeah, I'm still on the roster. They didn't fire me. They didn't take my pay. They just took my title. 
but they don't understand is that I don't give a crap about the title. I don't give a crap about anything. It's just a strap with some metal plates on it. What I care about is that green and I'm going to come and take it. They get paid at the front door. You're going to pay me at the end of every show and I'm going to take it one way or another. And I know what's going to hurt them is when I'm holding that title over the head of freaking Smiley while he's destroyed in the middle of the ring. Smiley's not a threat to me. I've defended my title on GoPro. Uh, GoPro Wrestling had a uh, show and uh, we did the white glove, Shane Fair white glove party. And my match was against Smiley before he was the heavyweight champion. And I put his ass down. This isn't a, this isn't a game to me anymore. They could put anybody they want in front of me. I've asked them for several opponents and I think they're just scared to do it. But there's a lot of guys out there that I'm, that I'm like inches away to start calling out. I'm not that type of dude, bro. I'm not that type of dude to cry and whine. I'm like, oh, I want this and I want that. No, no. I'm going to get it one way or another. My new thing is the Reaper Risen, the new Reaper, the new age of death, the new age of soul taking. And it, it's, it started that night. And it's, it's just going to go full force from now on. It looks like dark days are amongst us in pro wrestling magic. Uh, I certainly can't wait to see what happens next. I, I, I would love to see that match between you and Smiley for the World Heavyweight Champion because I, I honestly think you deserve it. I, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I'm not saying this because I'm personally afraid. Um, I think you have the credentials. You have the background. Uh, you, you're someone that's deserve, uh, deservedly so of, of at least getting the opportunity uh, to become the World Heavyweight Champion for pro wrestling magic. But with that being said, I'm going to transition a bit here. It's 2020. It's a new day in wrestling. Uh, we live in the world of COVID-19. You said, you know, you haven't missed a beat here. You know, I saw that event. It was inside, right? I see a lot of shows are, are right now they've been doing it outside uh, because of, I think it's just easier for COVID-19 re- regulations and whatnot. Was there any concern at all going into that? Uh, no. Um, as much as I'm not very fond of magic right now, I will say they did an excellent job uh, with making sure every one of us was tested well before the event was even the day of like they needed you needed to have your test done three days before the event so everyone was tested the seating arrangement they had was perfect i felt nobody was on top of each other uh in the locker rooms people were 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 spread out nobody was on top of each other i didn't have a feeling of worry because of the, the precautions they took um, I feel that if all companies follow those type of precautions, I'm not saying do what Magic did. Um, uh, it's, that's just corny. But if they just do what the you know CDC, I guess, want us to do, and we'll be fine. I don't think there's any worry about it. A lot of people like to cry about masks and stuff, but I wear a mask every day, and it doesn't bother me. I've worked out with a mask. I've I work with a mask. I, you know what I mean. So it's like. Just we're all going to go back to the regular days of having everybody scream, holy shit. And like, you deserve that and all this stuff, but let's just all follow the line. But no, I wasn't worried at all. Uh, I'm not worried. I feel like if you just keep yourself safe and healthy, you have nothing to worry about. I think it's just a matter of like common sense. You know, exactly. I, I that, that's what it really comes down to. It's just amazing to see how many people really don't. Um, I, I think that's probably the worst part, but it seems like, you know, Pro Wrestling Magic, they handled it well. You know, especially now that we're in the fall, heading into the winter, we're, we're into getting to the colder months, it's going to be harder and harder to have any open out, outside shows. So it, it was interesting to see that that was indoors and to see what, what indie wrestling, what, what that will hold coming into the winter months. Right. Yeah, we got lucky because the uh, it was all up to the building. The building needed to okay that we were allowed to do that. They needed uh, letters from the state of New Jersey and all this stuff. And 
since they opened now for, you know, there's a, there's a little bar downstairs. They opened for that. Um, they're allowing us to do that stuff, uh, our shows again. So as long as everybody follows those guidelines, we shouldn't have an issue. As far as I know, uh, magic is not going to have an issue. Uh, but for the people who only running outside right now, yeah, it's going to get hard because it's getting cold. Yeah. No, absolutely. You, you already feel it. I just walked my dog before and I was like, oh, wow. It's time for Jack. Yeah, I wrestled. I wrestled last night uh, for MVW Devils Night, uh, and it's an outdoor venue, and they do a great job. It's a really great up-and-coming company. It was. Uh, it was. It was chilly. You can't necessarily go out there and wrestle with a hoodie and a jacket on and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna get tough. So when I know you we'll wrestle, get through it. When you wrestle outside, does like the does the weather take a toll on you, whether it's like way too hot or way too cold. Like, do you, do you necessarily feel that in the ring? Does it make a difference in the match at all? Not, not to like give away tactics and stuff, but you can use it to your ability in the ring. Like to, you, you use it to, you know, you grab a hold and you, you work your guy down to the ground. You just hold him down. He's getting cold. You know what I mean? He's losing his stamina. He's losing his heat. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love the cold, so I don't have a problem with it. It, it kind of gets me going, you know what I mean? Makes makes you feel you're alive. So cold is your preference. So what happens when it's like, you know, middle of the summer, heat's blaring down you in that ring, the ropes are hot. Uh, is there a, a mindset going to that? No, no, I, I, I don't, I, I beat people down, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen, I I've seen. Yeah, I don't need, I don't care. The only problem with that is I'm sweating on top of them. That's That's the only difference, so. <laughs> They're getting their asses beat with me sweating on them. So, getting, uh, I mean, yeah, it's bad for them. They're getting the wrong type of shower there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, that's it. yeah, it sucks for them, but not for me. I could care less. Hot or cold, I'm beating your ass. So, in, in the world that we're living in right now, when you're performing these shows, obviously there's a reduced capacity for the crowds, right? Do, do you – is there like a like – as a performer, you definitely feel – you feed off the crowd's reaction, right? And, uh, of course, you know, the less crowd there is – not as much noise. Was there a difference in that? Uh, yeah, there's a, absolutely there's a difference to uh, all the guys out there that need the crowd uh, to get themselves going, as uh, you could say, I guess. Um, it sucks for them. Uh, but for me, like I was telling you earlier, uh, this isn't about uh, – I'm not – I don't care about entertaining you. Uh, I, all I care about is uh, beating the crap out of you, getting the win, and moving on to my next opponent. So I could care less if it's a crowd or not a crowd, a camera on a camera phone. I, I could care less. Um, yeah, the it's feeling like of yeah, yeah. Uh, when I'm in the ring, I, I I very rarely even care what I'm. I don't hear anything. All I'm looking at is my opponent and where they're at at all times, and you know what's going on between me and that person. I don't care if Joe Schmo is booing me or, or this one's cheering me or that one's wearing my shirt. I could care less. I'm not looking at that. I'm looking to put you down. No, I mean, laser focus. You know, that, that's that's what it takes right there. I mean, you're right. I mean, there are definitely people out there that feed off that. Like, I, for one, I, you know, I do feed off getting booed. You know, I, I there's something about it. Like, I would try, all right, you're booing me. I'm going to prove you wrong. Right? But, you know, there's something to be said about, like, you know, tuning in and out, having the white noise and just focusing your opponent. I, in my mind, that just makes it more dangerous. Yeah, because there's nothing that's distracting me. Since I started wrestling, I'm a very angry person by nature. I've always had that anger issues growing up and stuff like that. So th this isn't a gimmick. <laughs> my my anger isn't a gimmick. You can ask everyone from my mother to my sister to friends that I grew up with. Hell, I play video games with my friends and I'm ready to smash remotes. I've literally crushed remotes in my hand because I get so frustrated. 
So wrestling was a great outlet for me because now it's like I can channel my anger into something and that's hurting somebody and not getting in trouble for it. You know, so, yeah, you know, I don't care. I, I you know, when, when that bell rings, uh, I just want to, I just want to put you down and, and, and go home safely. We're not, no oh, issues. Go in there, beat some up, leave, get paid. I feel you. Yes, yes, sir. One last thing I want to touch on before, before we move on here, you know, we see, we hear different things about, you know, with AEW, with management over there, this critiques about, you know, wrestlers getting too much, uh, getting too much say in promotions and whatnot. And the same could be said in indie promotions as well. You know, should there be more wrestlers in charge of running a show or should it be less of that? Too many cooks in the kitchen. Hmm. You, can't, you can't have that confusion because then you lose what the whole purpose of wrestling is, in my opinion. I feel that, I feel that wrestling needs to have a resurgence in the sense of remembering what's more important. And that's not your goddamn fucking bank account. It's about, and this is shoot right now. It's about entertaining the fans and not entertaining your egos as, as superstars. A lot of people also, I feel that once they taste, they taste money, they change and they forget where they come from. And it, 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 it clouds their judgments on a lot of things. I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but I do know what wrestling means to me. And I do know what wrestling should be. And it shouldn't be... It shouldn't be becoming a circus. It shouldn't be a, a freak show, free for all, for everyone just to kind of exploit in every possible way. That's why I want people to know that when you're getting in the ring with me, you're not getting in the ring with an entertainer. You're getting in the ring with a person who's been through a lot of shit, who's been beaten down in every aspect of life. And all I want this for is to finally get what I deserve. And that's to not worry if I'm going to have money to eat, that my kids aren't going to go without anything, that I'm going to be able to support my kids in every possible way and give them everything they want. This is about supporting my family and me and getting what I know is deserved. I've eaten shit for way too long, brother. So just know that you're getting a real motherfucker when I step through those ropes. And if you're ready to get in the ring with me, we're going we're gonna to fight. We're, we're going to fight. I don't care how athletic you are. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how much muscles you have. I don't care how much weight you push up. I don't care how many squats you do. You're, you're, you're getting a grown-ass man that's going to put you down. I believe that. I believe that. Listen, Melon's monster, everyone. He's not here to entertain. He's here to fight and provide for his family. And hopefully soon we'll see him carry the gold yet again. Thank you for joining us here, Melon's monster. Back to the studio. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. All right, uh, good interview, Mark. No, thank you. And, and we learned uh, and, we learned kind of a, a lot there. You did <laughs> learn a lot. You did learn a lot. And and Shane, you, you say you've been such a good friend to the Melons Monster. How did you not see this coming? I mean, obviously, this 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 man had this built inside him for quite a long time, and of course, it, it all came to a head that night. I I, I wouldn't want to get in his face after after all that. I mean, you just see it. You just see in his eyes. You can see it on video that he snapped. I, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I don't care how close I'm I, I am with that person. I am not going to get in their way to put myself in jeopardy or to make matters even worse. After all that, 
And, 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 and I'm not necessarily going to blame it all on you, Shane. Mm-hmm. I'm not, especially after hearing what you just said. Management, and, and Medellin's monster said it himself, management, where were they? They just sent you. They sent you knowing damn well what would have happened. Shame. Shame. That's what I have to say. <sighs> he, he, was, he was defending like a woman, though. Like it's, it's called chivalry. I mean, in a way, it wasn't his choice. He wasn't doing it on his own. Record, I get that, and, but... and and even the middle of this monster says, you know, everyone's talking about Shane, and trust me, I was too, because it was shocking to see like who went. Shane's the nicest guy in wrestling. Yeah. I, you know, when have we ever seen anything bad happen to him in the ring like that? So it was shocking. But you know, metal and monster is right. What about Trixie? You don't hear anyone. How, do, anything how about does Trixie? he have the right to say that though? Yeah. How does he have the right to say that when he's the one that caused the situation? Like that would be to me. That's like Charles Manson saying, "Oh, nobody cares about Abigail Falljail. They only care about Sharon Tate." How bad are you people? You know what I mean? Like, it's sick to me. It's sick to me that he can inflict that and then flip it on everyone else. Like, and uh, police their morality. Like, how do you? How do you become the you know the dispensation of uh, truth and consequences? You're the one that inflicted that. You're the one that caused that, and then you're going to critique how people receive it. That's insane to me. That's like a sociopath, you know. He he, he apologized in his own way, in his own way. Uh, that's how I interpret it, at least. But you know, a new day is coming for pro wrestling magic. Everyone's on watch, obviously now, especially Smiley, and especially management. So I, if he's still there, you think he's suspended? I mean, Jesus. Listen, they're afraid. They're afraid. Rightfully so. You just heard from Shane. That was the act of fear. No one's going to get in the way of this man right now, especially now that he's rededicating his life to create chaos, to create havoc at Pro Wrestling Magic until he becomes the next World Heavyweight Champion. And then what good will it be? Well, you know, if he would have just achieved it, the, the, you know, if he would have stayed on the righteous path and became the champion, think the about that path. moment. Look how long it's been. The righteous path. He's staying on the righteous path for how long? And where has it got him? He can only stay nice for so long, Shane. I, I, I understand that. But, you know, uh, his it's his actions that have gotten him stripped of the title. You know, it's it's his... It, it, it's a consequence for his actions that he's got to, you know, he's never paid the consequence for his outbursts or uh, he's never his, paid. Have you not heard the man what he's went through his whole entire life? Shane, you should know. You I, should know. I, I like, outside, the, outside the ring we're talking about uh, what he went through as a person, as a person, Shane. And he uses that. He uses all that to channel that anger inside the ring. And yet we still had the nice monster. Until now. So throughout the course of this show, Mark, you talked a lot of shit about uh, Darius Carter. And then I mentioned like, I oh, have no that, reasons. Is that, a, is that oh. a challenge? You go, no, no, I'm not, I'm not a trained competitor. I'm not a trained competitor. I would never get in the ring with him. Right. Shane's not a trained competitor either. So it sounds like you're defending Medellin's monster. What happened here? Like you're taking it aside. Shane is not a trained professional competitor. He should not have been Shane is, put Shane hands is not. put on him. Shane is not. And, and that's, what, that's why I questioned, you know, what, you know, before, what were you thinking? And, uh, and you gave me what you gave me, everything you walked me through that night as far right. as like, what happened. And, and I get that, Shane. I, I do get it. So that's I'm not completely faulting you. Um, There's no fault there at all. A series of unfortunate events. Because you, you, you felt for whatever reason that you could, you, you could uh, apply some logic here to a monster that snapped. 
to a friend, I, to a I, friend I, who is in danger to, I, of, of costing himself to his own self-sabotage for the, in the biggest stage that he's ever going to do that. I understand. I personally think it was a bad decision. That's it. That's it. I'm not faulting you, Shane. Sounds like you are. Sounds like you are. No, I'm, I'm honestly not. I, I get where he's coming from, but I completely understand where the Melon's monster came from. Shane, you know, I invited you on the show this week to uh, Bro, try as, to clear as things my up. Friend, that's disturbing to me that you can find any part of, of his uh, rationale that's justified. I mean, oh, he didn't get what he wanted. Good, because there's no justification for a random staff for after years of like not dealing with this deep-rooted anger. And I think it goes beyond. It goes beyond him getting the shaft for management or, or feeling how it feels about it, other people. Been, getting, that, again, that, that, that is other opportunities. I, I, you, that's his perspective, and he's entitled to it, just like you're entitled to yours. He's but been he, handled with kid gloves by that organization. He's been furnished with the best opponents, and he still just is never happy. But yet, how many one-on-one matches has he gotten? Not that many. A lot of times he had to defend that title, as he mentioned, in multiple matches, it's, it's the dark arts championship. You, you don't you don't compete. You playing handball for it. You know it's going to be a, a bloody match. It's going to be the doorways to the dark arts. It's going to be you know uh, false count anywhere. That's just the nature of that title. So if he has fault in the types of matches he has, maybe he should pursue a different title. And now he has that opportunity. Well, now he is. Oh, now he is. Now, now, that championship is dead to him. And now he wants to world heavyweight championship. Can you blame him? No, because there is no looking back at the dark arts at this point. You know, he's been stripped of that. And you know what, Mark? It, whether you're stripped of the title as a regardless, you know, as a repercussions for your actions, or you're pinned in the center of the ring with a clean pinfall, it's the same thing. It's your actions, and that's your consequences. That's his consequences. Well, you know, now, you have a bad action. action or the lack of action from Pro Wrestling Magic from the management over there. Now they're going to pay the consequences, and so is the whole locker room. And unfortunately, it does include you, Shane, of what happened before. It, it's it's a new day, as he said, and it, it's going to be hell to pay. But his actions are, are only like, all right, he got stripped of the title. He didn't get suspended. He got he really got once again those kid gloves from management. And they just took away the title from him. It's something he, he can reclaim. If he was suspended and wasn't on the Magic program anymore, that's, of course, something more uh, serious where he doesn't have that exposure. It's like, And now, like you said, now this opens him up for the heavyweight championship. So he makes out on the deal. Now he's up a division. You're talking about like losing a championship like it's no big deal. Having a championship, you automatically get more pay. Am I correct? Sure. Right? He has a family to provide. He's got kids. You know, you're taking money. You're taking food from their plates. So, of course, he's pissed off, Shane. You are falling under his, like, revisionist, uh, you know, I'm the victim history that, that he's, that he's uh, coming up for. It's in the two weeks that he's been silent, he's found a way to spin his web. And this is what he does with his de- – he's a deceitful person. So he's trying with his web of deceit to make himself look like the victim. He's the one that, out, that outlashed on his own friends, on his own friends. He tacked those specific people because he had their trust. Not because he wanted to make an example, not because he was being held back. If he was being held back by management, then call them out. And then, uh, I don't know, spear Anthony Iovino. Instead, he attacked his friends. This was all about just oh, being, why, why, didn't, being why didn't management come out there? Why didn't management come out there? Why? 
like Why I said, it was, you? A, it was just the perfect the alignment of stars. It was just that Anthony was doing something in the locker room, and you know what? He, I, I think that Anthony probably also thought that he has the trust that his uh, champions can conduct a match without you know this this, this bull. I don't want to. I don't know the parameters here, but I'm going to say you know? Listen, it's professional wrestling. We all know what happens, man. It's alpha males, alpha females, and honestly, sometimes shit comes to a head. Oh, no, okay. no one should be surprised by what happens inside that ring or outside. I'm going to interject here because uh, we're getting off the rails. It's not the uh, presidential debate. Shane Fair, you've been <laughs> Shane Fair, you've been a uh, good friend of the show since basically we began. We first met. Sure, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while now. I, uh, Thank you for all you've done for the show. Um, oh, I hope you understand. You. I invited you here tonight, hoping it would be a safe space. You can get stuff off your chest. I apologize, Mark's attacking you like this. I'm, um, I, I'm not attacking Shane. Yeah, you just you know, taking, nothing, taking the. the no, I love you, Mark. I'm just shocked by you right now. I'm shocked yeah. that you are seeing any. You know, you're coming. It's you, nothing. But, it's I have nothing but love for you, Shane. You're talking to somebody you, whose you, only you friends understand. are the sad students. I, I have. You know, about I, I can't listen. Stop, buddy. I, I, I let me speak here. You've been speaking Shane, all for the last 10 minutes. Come on. Shane. Give the guy a break. You got choke slam. Can, can I speak? Can I speak? Are you going to for the last 10 minutes? You've been speaking for the last 10 minutes, rambling, attacking our guest here. Can we move on? I'm not attacking my, I'm not attacking my guest. It's nothing but love for you, Shane. Okay. Just understand, was, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to put kid gloves on because someone's my friend. I have to come at this from a journalistic point of view. I, like I said, I understand your point of view. I get it, but I have to, I, I would not be doing my job if I didn't bring light to the Metal Lands Monster point of view as well. Just saying. Devil's advocate, I guess. Yeah, Shane, we love you, bro. Uh, it's we... nothing but love. Yeah, all right. Now he says that. Uh, can we get... Is there news this week? I mean, or do we just I, move I, on? Absolutely. absolutely. The Undertaker is set to make his return to WWE. Looks like it's going to be a Survivor Series. The plan as of right now is just an appearance to celebrate the 30, day... to celebrate 30 years of the dead man. Now, Ric Flair just recently said in an interview that while he loved the last ride with The Undertaker... He believes that we'll see him back in the ring one more time. He believes a post-COVID WrestleMania is in the works. Uh, he believes the fans deserve it to be uh, to have that last match in the ring. What do we think here, guys? I mean, could this possibly, his appearance at Survivor Series, could this lead to that one last match? Or should we just end it with, uh, with the match with AJ Styles? I think we talked about this when the... The last ride ended. Yeah, let's leave it. Let's leave it alone. I mean, because Ric Flair couldn't walk away, doesn't mean Undertaker can't. Mm. Uh, I had a feeling you'd bring that up, Shane. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on this? Keep going back to the well. You know, it, it's, it's it's the cash cow. And uh, how many times are we going to pay tribute? It's like uh, you know, it, it always seems like the goodbye tour over and over. And we want to give him his proper send off, but they just won't let us. You know, they keep bringing him back. The format, obviously, with the AJ Styles match, really uh, fit. You know where he is, where he's at in condition and age. Yeah. You know that that really, you know, was a great way to utilize him. If they can utilize him again like that, I, I just don't want to see um, anything that um, disgraceful in the ring. I don't want to see him go out there and disgrace his legacy by you know being that limping old, uh, you know, man that we. You don't want to see that. You don't want to see him go out like that. Because you're talking, no, he talked, no, he, absolutely. He talked about it on the documentary because if that does happen. He's going to stick around and wait to go out on top. Every time he came back, right. something shitty happened, and he had to come back to, to uh, redeem himself. The Boneyard but, match was a perfect redemption to that uh, 
disastrous Saudi Arabia match with Bo Goldberg and the Brothers of Destruction. He rode out into the sunset literally on his bike. Sayonara, take care, seat the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like, why, like why ruin a good thing here? And, and here's the problem. And here's why I bring this up before. You know, when he comes back into that ring, in Survivor Series, right? He, all those feelings are going to start coming back. Yep. Right. All those thoughts are going to start coming back. People are going to gas him up. Oh man, you look great. You look like you go for another match, brother, 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 brother. Mm-hmm. You go for another match for sure, man. You still got it, man. That match, that match with AJ, man, that was golden, dude. And Vince McMahon, of course, is going to be that that voice on the shore. He's going to be that devil. Say, Mark, I need you. I want you guys a question. I just and thought of what's he going to say? The whole thing about the Undertaker was the mystique. I've seen his entrance mm-hmm. numerous times at WrestleMania, Raw, SmackDowns. Undertaker was an attraction. He's a draw. Again, we talked about it last time. The mystique is now gone. We've seen Mark Calloway now. Is the excitement of mm-hmm. seeing the Undertaker, the, the gong hitting, this mysterious figure walk down when we, that whole everything's been stripped away? Is Can't still- put the toothpaste back in the tube with him. That's true. Yeah, is it, is it going to be the same? I mean, we, we kind of got Mark Calloway at the last WrestleMania. It yeah. was a mix of okay. Undertaker uh, and and um, and Dead Man Inc. and Mark Calloway all, all in one. So I mean, we did get that, and it was still pretty epic. I think that the matter is, if we do see that one last match, and honestly, I hate to say it, with, with everything that I'm talking about before, I, I think it's going to happen. I think I think Undertaker mm-hmm. is going to come back. I hate to say it. The question is then against who. I don't think so. I think he's done. I really think he's done. I think he's content with his life, and I don't think he wants to go through that again. Uh, Michelle McCool's got to like lock him up. Then she's got to like hide him away. Like, she's got like as soon as he gets out of the ring, she's like, "All right, no one, no one, no one talk to him, especially you, Vince. Vince, stand yeah. back." <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's got to be like that because honestly, I mean, listen, Undertaker talks about it. this is like a drug. He's got. He's got like a toxic relationship with Vince McMahon. Like he even said himself, like this is this is probably goodbye for now. But hey, if that phone rings, he himself doesn't know what he's going to do. I think he does. He just doesn't want to admit it. Listen, how, for how long? For thirty years, he's been going at it as the Undertaker. So he's been wrestling more than that. It's not an easy way. It's not an easy thing to walk away from, especially if you feel like you still have it. And does, does he, and and, and again. Again, he didn't get that goodbye with the fans. At Grand Day, come Survivor Series, it's going to be in the Thunderdome. He, he did get that goodbye at WrestleMania 33 with Roman Reigns when he put the shirt and hat and gloves in the middle of the ring. That was his goodbye. And I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. But, <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, though, that, that wasn't a great match for Dunn He felt it. Yeah, but he still got his goodbye. And, and obviously, he, he came back. He came back for for a good a good reason. We also last ride. He had a very good reason why he came back. I understood it. But you know, the thing is, the match when are we when are we going to get a live audience again? I don't think we're going to get one in the next WrestleMania. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We're, we're going to wait. We're going to wait another WrestleMania, and then how old is he at that point? That's what I'm saying. I think he's done. I think it, this is all hyperbole. I think Rick is trying to stir the pot. Um, I think we're okay here. I hope you're right, man. I, I honestly, I, I think he's going to get the bug again. I, I could see it. Maybe, maybe we'll get one last match with the fiend. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Pass the, pass the lantern. Yeah. Pass the lantern. 
that's the only thing that makes sense in my eyes, or maybe Drew McIntyre. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Maybe another one against Roman, so he can uh, forget about that last one. Mm-hmm. I, you know, people would love to. People say I would love to see him in Sting a cinematic match. That's not going to happen. I, I think if he does come back, it's not going to be a cinematic match. I, and I don't think anyone would see two fifty-year-old men inside that ring. No, we don't. That's why. No. Stay, stay gone. Yeah, let, let's draw our own conclusions. Let's let, let's create this matchups in the video games. I don't want to see it live. I wanted to see that live a long time ago, but we're never going to see it happen. I've come to terms with it, and I think the fans should as well. All right, moving on to other news. Chris Jericho recently talked on his podcast about how his matches are still being shown on WWE Network, but he's not receiving a dime for it. Mm-hmm. Now, as an actor, I'm in SAG. Right. And when you do a project, especially even if you have one line or even if you're in a commercial and you just appear on camera, you get residuals for it. But in this case, you're not. It's wrestling. It's different for whatever reason. And I had a conversation with this with SAG uh, and they didn't they never understood how like we're not part of a union. Why is wrestling so different? And is this something I should be looked into? It seems like the fix is in with wrestling. It's like the uh, the good old boys really set up a system that is just so invincible, you know, where uh, they're always going to come out on top. You know, it's WWE. Um, they they really have such a monopoly when it comes to the, their contractual uh, just overpowering that they have. Like we saw recently, where we weren't able to do these third party podcasts and such right. like that. Like they they always seem to have that hand in the pot, you know. So for them to play, it's not just Royal. WWE though. It's it's all of wrestling that's like. Oh this. yeah, sure. I don't mean to say, you know to uh, single them out in particular, but uh, I mean WWE is like that with with that particular incident. Yeah. Just on the strength it's, of the network, though, I yeah. think it's more you know. Yeah, I mean the, the network is a, is is a powerful uh, source for wrestling. Uh, I mean their their library is just huge, and it's a shame that you know like a wrestler to put their lives on the line. Like hell, even in stunts, if you're a SAG performer and you're in stunts, you get residuals. Right. You know, Chris Jericho did the movie McGruber so long ago, and he still gets residuals for it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just, it blows my mind. And he brings up a good point. And even he had Andrew Yang on the show too, talking about this. And it's something that Andrew Yang himself wants to look into. It, you know, Yang Gang all the way, man. You can say what you want about public bars. He's a bro. He's into wrestling. And, you know, he wants he wants wrestlers to get what's theirs. Uh, and so I, I never thought about this until now. And, and especially, you know, the, um, I had a conversation with a SAG, with a uh, representative of SAG. It, it, listen, we're on camera. We're characters. I, I just don't understand how we don't fall underneath that umbrella. Aren't you in a union? I am in a union. Yeah, he's not. Chris Jericho's not. Chris Jericho is. He's part of the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, that has nothing to do with professional wrestling. But um, I'm saying wrestling, like, I just don't understand how wrestling's not under, like, a similar umbrella. Because there, there's no unions, so that's automatically out the window. If I work for a company, I learned this a couple years ago. If I work for a company and I create something for that company, that property is the company's property. Chris Jericho created a beautiful match with this guy, created, created a piece of art. That art belongs to the WWE. I agree hmm. they should get some sort of residuals. But that is property of the WWE. Uh, if they had to pay residuals to everything on the network, they'd probably be bankrupt. I mean, how many fucking matches or how many wrestlers are on the network? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> True. So, so I don't... How do you come up with a formula to monetize it, you know? Yeah, is it fucked up? Yes. But I don't think they should. I mean, I think they should. But I agree that 
There's no way. Unless they unionize, there's I no mean, way they're going to get residuals from this. Shane, it's the property your, of the WWE. Going to your point, Shane, about like how would they how how would they do that? You know, look how many movies there are. Look how many TV shows there are. Look how many commercials there are. Hell, even music videos could fall underneath that category. Broadcasters fall underneath that category for SAG. So, like, obviously they have their system set where they're able to uh, be able to track who gets paid and what. And because you're talking about way more performers, way more projects than professional wrestling. So there is a way to do it. It's just somehow, some way, wrestling has to figure out a way how to sidestep this. And I, I, I don't see a again, way. When, when I was talking to the SAG representative, I had no answer. I, I couldn't answer. Like, oh, she's right. Like, you know, we are characters. We're on TV. You know, we do broadcasting for them. Huh. There's no union. There's no rules. You guys belong. But it's also, uh, how it doesn't even fall underneath SAG, though. That's the thing. It's also a misconception about how much money that wrestling is actually taking in, as opposed to like you know a feature of film that you know that might have global distribution and such. Mm-hmm. You know where uh, we're just while while we are well tarnished products. I mean, uh, varnished product in a lot of uh, cases. Some of these products aren't drawing money, although they look very uh, appealing in their production and in their. Uh, just their luster, they're uh, they're not making the money that I think a lot of people, you know, uh, anticipate. Though, however, it is my counterpoint to you with that. There are different levels, so there are different type of contracts in SAC. So the, mm-hmm. the lowest thing goes to ultra low budget, right? In which case, then an actor would get paid one hundred twenty five dollars each per day. They're still protected, and they still get the residuals. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the, there are different levels of contracts where you can go here with this. Yeah, but they're all so, members of the union. So granted, granted, yes, I, I understand your point. Like, you know, a, a wrestling event is not going to make the same as a Marvel film. No way in hell. But, you know, there, there's still some sort of formula that they could work out. I, I just think it, I, Vince McMahon is a genius, no matter what people say. Because you're right, I mean, to target WWE at first, because... Listen, Vince McMahon, he, he he's Al Capone at the table. The, the wrestling family's here. You know, he, he's the boss of the bosses. You know, he, he, respect to Tony Khan, respect to respect to everyone else that has a wrestling promotion. But you know, it, it really is Vince McMahon. It's true. The uh, the Don Gigi of the wrestling business. There's nothing that's going to change it. And there's nobody even you know, even like you say, a Tony Khan w- w- with his capital. It just there's only going to be one king. I don't know, man. Like, you know, if it, now, now the politics are going to get involved in it. Now, now like, Senate, I guess, uh, well, Andrew Yang's not necessarily center, but Andrew Yang is a player in politics. You know, if this is going to be looked into, I, I wonder what's going to happen next. And I wonder if it is going to be a good thing or a bad thing, because we did talk about unionizing one point with wrestling. And I, I, and I see it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, you know, but the fact that... Um... You know, in the face of unionization, like management was the ones that uh, had the biggest problem with it. So you could see that it, it, it's beneficial to the uh, the talent of the, just from that knee jerk reaction that it got, you know, at the time. But, um, you know, I think Jesse Ventura at the time was like the last one to really make a push for it. But I, I don't see, you know, unionization, unfortunately. I, I wish, you know, they, they, they could be. But, uh, you know, you're never going to get those guys that are just going to boycott until they get some kind of contract or anything. It's always going to be like, uh, a scab mentality, yep. just like there isn't any uh, facet. Any sport. Yeah, right. Just, and in that case, too. 
in that case too. I mean, like I, I mentioned before, you know, so say like, you know, AEW and WWE, they have the money to be like, you know, uh, a union production, like indie, mm. indie wrestling shows, they can't. So say someone like Joey, Joey Janela, right. Who was just recently at the collective. Um, he wouldn't be able to do a non-union job then, you know, so, mm. so, so a lot of these wrestlers from AEW or, you know, right, Impact right. or MLW, uh, they wouldn't necessarily be able to, to scab and work an indie show to collect some more money. Right. Cause they'd be, have that expected exclusivity along with that. Right. Uh, um, um, unless I said indie show was, a, was uh, a unionized event, but that would cost more money for them to do it. And already, mm. you know, especially in New York state with the athletic commission, it's already tough enough to run a show in New York. Oh, for sure. States all been, but been abandoned by uh, all the wrestling promotions. So that's why I say it's a double-edged sword. Mm. There's, there's a lot of pros, but there's also a lot of cons. True. Tony cons. <laughs> Good callback. Oh, well played. Awesome. That's why we love you, Shane. Awesome. <laughs> On that note, you guys ready to talk about some TV? Hell yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's a great note to move on. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, gentlemen, uh, we've got an interesting week of TV. Shane, you were a guest this week. Why don't you, take, why don't you uh, start it off for us? Well, uh, probably the coolest week, I mean, coolest moment for me this week was, on a personal level, was to see Vinny Pacifico uh, taking on Wardlow at AEW. Hell yeah. Um, I know it's been a dream of his, so that was really cool to see him on AEW, even though he was uh, maybe squash match fodder. For Mr. Wardwell, <laughs> it was a, I think he, other than a missed shotgun drop kick, he didn't, he didn't, wasn't allowed to get much in. But still seeing his mug on AEW and, uh, you know, seeing him uh, on that ramp, definitely a proud moment to see that. You know, anytime you see something like that, it reminds you it's possible that the guys around you, yep. they're all making it. Maybe you could, you know, maybe you'll be the announcer on AEW one day. It definitely was a little jealous though, uh, seeing somebody else announce him. That's my job. My Vinny. <laughs> He's my. You're doing it wrong. Uh, you don't even hold the Pacifico. Tell him to pitch the idea of having you be his personal ring announcer. I like that. Oh, there you go. There you go. No, it was cool to see him on there. Um, I guess that must have been really recent because I, I, we just had him on as, uh, for an interview, and he didn't mention it at all. So I, that, that must have like he had to either keep it like hush hush. Or, he does. Or, he keeps everything or, close to the vest as yeah. it is. So, so uh, it was it was cool to see. I was like, oh my god, that's awesome! We literally just interviewed him. So, yeah. props to him, and uh, hopefully this AEW will bring him back for some more. Um, obviously, very talented individual. Definitely, he's got a great work ethic too. I'm sure, like Cody, you know, uh, I would think Cody probably personally responded to him. I know they they've crossed paths a couple of times, so uh, you know, maybe that was straight from Cody. I don't know. You know how he got there. I know why he got there, though. He's he works his ass off, and uh, he's a hustler. Oh, yeah. sure, man. He, he puts in the miles. That that kid will go anywhere, man. You know, yeah. he's got a very supportive father. He's got a good family, so like you know, they're all behind him and everything. And he works his ass off, so he deserves all of those opportunities. Amen. So my takedown moment of the week is actually AEW related as well. So it was something I've personally never seen in wrestling before. So a musical number, oh, Tony Award-winning caliber with Chris Jericho and MGF. I thought that was genius, man. Like, it, it, 
and I have to give props. Like we all know Chris Jericho is a singer. He, he's very good at what he does. He's a rock and roll. And I totally love rock and roll, mind you. MJF. No, idea. I had no idea that dude could sing. Who no knew? Idea. It was like a, a Seth MacFarlane uh, cartoon. Like, uh, <laughs> oh right? Like, come to life. It really was. It was like the embodiment of like a Seth MacFarlane. Uh... Wow. And I can't unsee that now. Thank yeah, you. Right? Thank you, Shane. Oh. <laughs> I need to like, watch that back with that in mind. Um, yeah, wow. I, I'll never unsee that. <laughs> 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 no, it, it was so well done, and, and I, I they just play so well off each other. Oh, for real, they, they really do. Even just the dinner, the whole thing, like they're upping each other as far as like how rare they're going to get their steak. It was just ridiculous. And they go into a musical number, and, and great. We've seen in wrestling, like you know, Elias, for example, at WWE. It's more of like a concert act, right? You know, we've never seen a full blown musical, and I hate musicals. I'm an actor, and I hate musicals, but I love this. It was yeah, it was different. over the top. It was great. It was different. They took a chance, and I thought it worked. Again, Mark, you know I got to play my role that to being that annoying prick. If WWE did this, would it have been stupid? It depends Ooh, with who. It depends with who. It, 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 it's risky. It's like it's, I, it's it was a, one of those things where every time AEW does something, who would they do it with? Different. That's that's a question, yeah. Shane. Great question because who would you do it with? Like I um. If AEW did this with anyone else but Chris Jericho and MJF, it most likely would have been a fail. Mm. So it, it really, really depends. If WWE, if WWE were to do it just for the sake of doing it and just threw whoever in there, it would most likely be a bust. I, I can't even think of who would be able to do it. Maybe, jeez, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, I think about that. I have some thought into that. Right. My first thought was maybe someone like the New Day, but I just don't know who they do it against. But uh, just, the New Day, the New Day could work. Just some random question I wanted to throw out there. But yeah, I know I saw a lot of WWE fans hating on this. Did they? Yeah, like well, Elias technically again, it's a concert act. When the yeah. Rock did no, it, it, it was a concert act. Apples and oranges. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's apples and oranges. No, I agree with you. you know, even Aiden English, who was like a Broadway actor in WWE, never had that limelight to, to showcase something like this. You know, it, it's sometimes you, sh- you just have to take a chance and take some risks instead of just mm. playing the same old, same old, same old. And, and granted, wrestling has a formula. And hell, even in movies, you know, we see stuff, you know, get recycled over and over and over again. But, you know, you just hope one of these days, you know, you're just going to get something new. And you take a risk. If it fails, it fails. Like Raw Underground, I never completely shit on it because it mm. took a risk. And, and, and you know, I I, I, was just, I wasn't too sure what, how it was going to be. It, it got cut off too soon because, you know, I also saw, like, okay, maybe it could be going somewhere. Yeah, I don't consider that a failure. At, at least they took a chance and did something different. And I'll never shit on that. I will never, ever shit on that. AEW, it just, again, this could have failed. They took a shot, and it worked. But again, going to your point, not only they, they took a shot on something, it's they had the right players in place to do that with. It, you have to be smart about it. Yeah. You just can't do something different just to do something different. I hate when people do that. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not just wrestling. Like People do that all the time. I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm just going to find a way to stand out. Going like, back no, to, do it um, with purpose. Going back to um, Wrestling House. Wrestle House. That was different. Great and, example. And they, and they had the right players in place. I didn't think they did. I thought there was way too many people, way too many different characters. But as the weeks went on, I'm like, this works. It was awesome. It, it was a great blend, especially like I felt like 
during this year, you you kind of get the sense that Impact was rebranding itself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially with like the new talent that they were bringing in uh, from the releases from WWE, and it was just a great way to if you have a new audience like myself, I actually was a, a new audience member around that time. It was just a great way to introduce you to some of these Impact faithful wrestlers that you didn't necessarily know from outside. Yeah. It was innovative. It was it was a great way to do it. Uh, my takedown, I was all set in stone right away to talk about Retribution. The first match, and they lose with a new leader, and they lose. Ready to, I had a whole rant about this, Mark and Shane. The whole rant's ready to go. But then, tonight, I watched Seth Rollins versus Murphy on SmackDown. Uh, what a great match that was. Someone on Twitter posted a great quote, and I copied it and i quote the fact that it took so long for Rollins showed that murphy can do well on his own as well and yeah murphy was awesome it was a great match i thought it was a pay-per-view quality match they got a lot of time took a huge chunk of smackdown's time i really actually enjoyed watching this match one of the matches i enjoyed watching for in a while i haven't enjoyed really watching a match like that in a while you guys caught on mark you said you were busy right you didn't watch that yet yeah so uh i i was i was working on set so i by the time I got back, SmackDown was completely over. I, but, you know, I, I was reading on Twitter. I was uh, on my way back. I just, I just wanted to see what I missed on SmackDown. And everyone was talking about that match. It's something I have to look back and see. And, you know, and I'm glad because Buddy Murphy is such a phenomenal talent. Yeah. And, you know, last week we did question whether the storyline was going maybe a little too long with the Mysterios. But now, like, you know, looking back on this, this might be just their way of showcasing the talent that, that Murphy has for him to stand alone, uh, to be that to uh, to be that main player, it is stand to stand out away from Seth Rollins. And what better way to do that to have this huge feud, and for him to eventually face his mentor? And I'm surprised. I thought this match was going to be on Hell in a Cell, and then after I watched, I'm happy it isn't because it probably got gotten overshadowed. It probably been cut for time. SmackDown it held its own. It was basically the main event, really. If you think about it. Had plenty of time, so it was, it was just Seth Rollins versus Murphy on my short list here in October of Match of the Year. Damn. Okay, so I really have to watch this. Wow. Shane, did you catch it at all? Do you watch SmackDown? No, but I'm going to now for sure. Uh, yeah. Definitely. On that recommendation. I'm actually watching it right now. It was a replay on uh, FS1. I'm watching it again as we talk. So uh-huh. perfect timing. Uh, also, side shout out. I'm happy uh, they got rid of Shorty G. Shorty G's gone. I heard about that too. Uh, I'm looking honestly, forward to it. Chad Gable, Shorty G, uh, this is not a knock on him. It's just I cannot get invested to his character no matter what. I don't necessarily know if it's just like how they're writing him or if he's maybe he's just not a good fit for WWE or at least in the main roster. I don't know what it is, but I can never connect with him. Before Shorty G came around and after American Alpha, American Alpha was amazing. He had some legit amazing matches. Chad Gable held his own. and he, He's good in the ring, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's just like you said, the character's not there, and now I'm hoping after this post-game promo he cut in the, the locker room, maybe they'll give him a chance, and hopefully he can run, uh, give him the ball, maybe he can run with it. I, I, I just see someone like Gable benefiting from more so from going to NXT yeah, go or, going to another com- or going to another company. No, I can see that too. Honestly. I think he's worn out his welcome on the main roster. Go, go back down and... Uh, that's where you rebuild the character. Yeah, you're right. Right. Like, I, it's just something. It's not, it's not just me, obviously. I, I think a lot of people feel this way. Uh, it's just, again, you know, not questioning his in-ring work. I think everyone could say, like, he's very good at what he does inside the ring. It's just, you know, wrestling is a lot about character. 
it's just I don't necessarily know if he's never found his way to build the character or if they're just not letting him. I also think that, the biggest that. mistake they made was I remember I think it was sort of an inside joke, but not making him Kurt Angle's son because every time I see him now, I see Kurt Angle, the way he right. talks, the mannerisms, his uh, the way he speaks, I'm like it's very Kurt Angle-ish. I, I hated that whole angle with Kurt Angle's uh, son. I, I feel like that really completely buried Jason Jordan. I, yeah, it was I, a stupid I, angle, and but I think it would have worked no better. Yeah, yeah, good one. I think it would work better if it was Chad Gable though, because it, it's a spot spot on. It's it's. I organic. think it would have worked better if Kurt Angle was the mentor to that tag team. That's true. That would be yeah. You know, I, what was that tag team that he had before? I forgot. I forgot. It was Shelton Benjamin and. Uh, Oh, uh, greatest tag team. Yes, tag team? thank you, thank you. It, it could have Holly been. Uh, yes, yes. I was blanking out. It's, it's late. <laughs> um, you know, it could have been you know a two point version of that, but probably better because I, I I think Jordan and Gable as a tag team were phenomenal. They were, yeah. But Celavi, I mean, listen, Gable's obviously doing his own thing right now, and Jason Jordan is unfortunately can't can't wrestle anymore. So, and Kurt Angle. I don't even know what he's doing. <laughs> Free agent. Hopefully he comes back and does something with maybe Kurt Angle. Um, Chad Gable, that'd be a nice pair. Um, also, a question I ask of our guest host, Shane. Are you an Impact guy? Do you watch Impact? I um, Certain certain things. Like Ace, uh, Ace Austin, definitely. I always check in on Ace Romero. There's certain things. Uh, I'm a big Jordan Grace fan, so you know, yeah. I'll, I'll always... But um, there's not too much in Impact. I, I just check on the uh, a lot of the indie guys that'll head over there, basically keep up with them. But that's my there's a lot of them. Much. Yeah, a lot of them. There's a lot of Tasha Steeles over there, Deanna Perozo. Uh, right. I mean, Kimberly. Uh, that, that roster just keeps on growing, 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 and and like they have a good blend over there of uh, of talent that came from the indies and also a lot of uh, vets as well. And sure. I just I love how Impact is rebranded themselves as, as i said earlier uh, i think they're on the right track uh, and uh, granted they don't i don't they don't have the same funding as they do with aw and wwe but they're making it work they make it work right sure which i give mad props to and if i can make mark schwan impact believer i think i can make anybody an impact believer. <laughs> <laughs> so true so, Shane, so true we'll be talking friend. next week after the show <laughs> anything else to set out to you guys on tv before we move on i got nothing you good. All right, let's get some go home thoughts. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had two good on, and they were talking about how those months off during the quarantine were rough for them, you know, and getting back into the gym and getting back into the ring to train to get prepared for the BCW show in Atlantic City. It was they were happy to be back. It just took some time to get used to getting their feeding, uh, their footing again. Now, Shane, when you went back to announce at BCW, was there any like ring rust? For you, or did you just go right back into it? No, a hundred percent. Like it's, um, you, you start to wonder. It's you know all the little nuances that you picked up, and uh, you, you wonder if you're going to get them back. You know what? You know you wonder what um, what you forgot. You know you don't know what you forgot until it comes time to remember it. Basically, yeah, that's, true. you know. I, I found that it was it was a little, little bit of nerves because it was like you know, now um, with all that time between, you know, it, it's like everything you did meant nothing. Now it's like you got to go back in the ring. And reassert yourself, rebrand, you know, um, start building again from block one. And 
it was just such a weird feeling. It was like, you know, re- it was like starting to announce all over again, basically. It, it was funny seeing it like, uh, in the locker room before the show began. And, you know, we and you, we've talked many times before, before the show. Sure. And I've never seen you look nervous. Until yeah, man. You, know, you, you, you look pretty nervous. It's, I think it's always. People say like sometimes if you're nervous that it, all it means is that you care. I I, I like that philosophy oh, and I try you, to. Uh, you care a lot. There's yes, no denying you. Care oh, I definitely do. Oh, hell yeah! Thank you, brother. Yeah. And just the scale of that place, being in the showboat That's and right. walking around that empty casino floor, and uh, you know, yeah, it, it was something else. It, it was all a rush, man. And it, and I have to say, man, even as a as a manager, uh, I felt the rush as well. Oh hell yeah! Originally, our match um, was with Rick Recon. We were supposed to, be, I think, be match two, match three, whatever. And all of a sudden, we're match one. We're like, motherfucker, why, why are we match one? No. <laughs> so all of a sudden, we're out there. We're 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 first ones off the gate. Can't hear the audio. Yeah, couldn't hear the audio. And I, I just realized, like, man, we took all of this for granted. Like, I felt rusty, even as a manager. Yeah. It's like and, you gotta it, it, it all over again. And it's actually, it's actually feels good to actually hear you say that because you've been in the business longer than I have. And you're, I, and I stand by what I say, you're phenomenal what you do. It, 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 it's actually a relief to hear you say uh, that you felt the rust as well. Oh, completely. You know, it was like starting back at square one, you know, not yeah. just, uh, you know, momentum wise as far as wherever your career was, but just as like, you know, like I said, those little nuances that, uh, you know the the timing, the uh, you know everything else. You you wonder if your voice is still going to be the same and stuff right. like that. You know, I see, eventually though, it it does kick in though. It, 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 I remember it it kicked in for me when it got to Barton De Niro. I felt like more myself again. Oh, that's it, cool. As far as I go, and I, I can imagine for you at a certain point, like you're like, yeah, I'm over the rust. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I'm always, I'm always nervous, man. Like I got uh, synergy tomorrow. And like it's my first time at the promotion, so like I, I'm, oh, wow. you know, part of me scared shitless. I get that that Christmas morning feeling where it's like, you know, you did all the preparation, you hope it's enough, you know. You, but I know in my heart it is. I, you know, I prepare heavily, you know, you I do, got everything yes. written up, and uh, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta rely on your preparation, you know, and then hope that you know, know that you prepared enough, and then uh, rely on that. One thousand percent. I mean, preparation yeah. should be a safety net, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean that's what we do with commentary as well. Like you know, prepare, prepare, prepare. Oh, I know. And, I and yeah, <laughs> we haven't we haven't gone back uh, since to, with the whole pandemic. It, it, talking to you right now, it's making me think, man. When we when we first come back to commentary, we're going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's why I asked because one of the first thing I was uh, when they were talking about that I, when I found out you were in the show when they asked you earlier, but we got a little distracted. Like if I ever go back to commentary again, like I can't imagine. Like the rust and the nerves are going to be there. We, we were, just, we're, gonna to, we're gonna have to practice before anybody. <laughs> we were just getting started. You know, we were green. You know, as someone said. Um, no, I mean, absolutely, we were green. We still are in a way. I, I feel like I'm always going to be green, no matter what. I, I never view myself as as someone that's an expert or professional. Like it's, the moment I start calling myself that, that's when I get complacent, and uh, I'm never going to evolve. I'm never going to learn. I no. think every single day, like it's something to learn inside your your craft. And a wise so man once said, it's not easy being green. <laughs> so I just, want, that, I just want to get that question out of the way. Um, any go-home thoughts uh, for you, Shane? Um, just curious, you know, what the future holds. Uh, magic, it's going to be weird 
sharing a locker room with this guy now. Wasn't that I a, uh Sunday, we were both on the same event oh. up at Mid Valley, and it was just, you know, it, it, luckily that it's a giant property. I just stayed away from him. You okay. know, uh, I, uh, he had a change. He, um, they told me some, some part during the day, um, you know, Monster has an adjustment to his information that he wants, you know, his entrance. So I was like, uh, have him write it down and just give it to, you know, give it to you. And then you give it to me. I don't even, Filming. you know, I don't blame I'm not going to go near him. And, you know, the next, the first thing I'm going to say to him is, oh, excuse me. I just want to get your uh, information <laughs> right. You know, so. So is it see your friendship is done? Oh, definitely. Yeah, man. You know, Listen, there's I, nothing I, I want to hear from him. Like, you know, you've never come to blows with your friends before like, or have a heated argument or whatever. Like, you know, that happens with brothers and friends all the time, man. Like, yeah, but we weren't I, streaming I, live. How many, times, if you want to... how many times do we get at each other's throats and, and, and on camera? Like it's happened before, man. But yet, you, you know, you figure it out. You, you talk about in the back, away from everyone else, away from sure. the camera, and, and yeah, you figure you ever, it out. Did you ever put your hands on him? Do you ever threaten him with a knife? Did you ever like threaten bodily harm with him? No, it was just words, and you sure. guys move past it. This is this is crossing. I mean, the line. I'm not one to threaten someone with a knife. That's not me. I mean. <laughs> part of it's the humiliation too it's like you know like you push me down you shove me out of the ring you smack me but the fact you grab my waistband and then yeah. you know grab me by my shirt and like lift me in like a hack wrestling move like i'm your friend bro you know what i mean you don't choke slam me bro you know what i mean that's that's ridiculous to me like that was so humiliating you know like just because you can lift me or do you know why would you do that you know, it's part of me wonders, like, did he do this all, you know, against his sheepish, you know, quote unquote, sheepish friends so that he can get that viral clip so that everybody knows mm. his name? Or did he really do it out of aggravation at management? You know, and it makes me wonder. Listen, man, have you, ever, have you ever snapped before, Shane? Yeah, but I, I you know, as bad as my temper is and blackout temper, I never have directed it at my friends physically. I'm, I'm just asking you a follow-up question to that. Sure. When you when you snap, right? Was there any sort of logic going on in your head at that moment? It, at if all? anything, I mean, be real, be real. To, to, to the fact that I would I would resort to inanimate objects and then and then my friends, you know, over my friends, I would throw that uh that item maybe at the ground before I, I would uh, punch a friend or push a friend or That's lift right. a friend. Hey, you know me, Shane. You, you guys know me. I, I I'm not that dude. I've snapped before, and guess what I did? Mm-hmm. I punched a hole through a wall. I'm not that dude. Hey, listen, you told me logically, hey, man, you're going to break your hand doing that. And I listened to you like, yeah, that's probably a bad idea. I snapped. There was no logic you know, going on in my head. It's better to punch and a hole. And you went for the inanimate object. It, yeah, it, happens, it happens to the best of us, man. It's better to punch a hole in the wall than choke slam your very good friend. Exactly. There's, there's a difference there. Well, it's shame corniness about that too, man. Like yes. you could just you could have punched me, you could have done everything. But once once I felt like I, I I I it's like the thing I flash back to is when that that mitt went around my waistband because then I knew yeah, you know that was to lift me. There was no other reason he would do that but to lift me. And then that you know, like I said, I did that that uh, this dead what, toddler. Yeah. What would have you rather, Shane? A, a a punch to the jaw, dislocate your jaw, and, and it put you out of business. Or to uh, have the air knocked out of your lungs for, for a few days. Just have my friend not make a stupid decision where he's grabbing somebody's mother by the hair and then and then gives you the ultimatum of, I'm going to punch a woman or I'm going to do some shit to you. Like, that that was insane to okay. me. An ultimatum to your friend. Probably, like, we broke bread together. He's been over my house. 
barbecues driven hundreds of miles. And I've known and that, that, I've known friends who've gone to blows. Who right. Like, and we're going back to the 1960s here. We're men. We can take a punch to the face. Um, but then you get over it, dust yourself off, and go get a beer. There's something about being choke slammed or performing a wrestling move on someone who's not a professional wrestler that crosses exactly. the line. In front of my friends, like there's people yeah. who like, you know, like my friends came to see me from Queens and it's like, you know, oh, you are all, you are right. I get the text and everything. It's like they came, they came to have a good time and just, you know, sit in the crowd. They're not expecting it. their friends to oh, be, you know, Shane, if anything, people are viewing these more as badass right now because of it. There's also like, I, I, I mean, if anything, that could show up how tough you are for taking a choke slam, right? Mm. I mean, it gives you some street cred. Let's be real. I call a spade a spade. I didn't exactly take it. Like I was, you know, I, I was laid out afterwards. So it's I, 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 the fact of the matter is, I love you, man. You're 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 safe. You seem like you're better than you than what you were before. I, I knew that was something you were not expecting. I felt mm-hmm. bad seeing that happen. I was like, holy shit. But listen, I'm just, honestly, I'm glad you're okay. I like the support too, man. A lot of people, you know, supported me. Whether it wasn't, you know, I'm sorry that the Trixie support wasn't up to, you know, Metal End Monsters, uh, you know, liking or whatever. Uh, game. I, it's just so, that's like a sociopathic reaction to me. That is like so textbook. The fact that he's more fascinated by the level of reaction and the disparity between one of the other and not the fact that he caused the whole fucking yeah. thing, man. She, I, I, before we let you go, I, I have to know this. He's obviously listening to the show. He's going to be listening to the show. He's going to be hearing what you're saying. You're going to have to work with him again. Is there going to be any fear in your part when you see him? You, just, you, you feel like there's going to be repercussions for what you're saying right now? I don't know. You know, I, I, I didn't think I didn't think there was going to be an initial problem. So True. I don't know. All I know is, like, uh, you know, you learn from what happens. I'll try to keep that referee between him and I when, when during the introductions, um, whether it means getting out of the ring as soon as I make the introductions. I'm just going to keep space in between them. That's the best I could do. We, we, if we're going to have to share the same locker room, it's just going to have to be about avoidance. You know, I'm a professional. I'm not going to, you know, argue with him. I'm not going to, uh, you know, announce him any less, you know, with any less enthusiasm or anything. But, um it, it things have changed. Things have changed, and it sucks because the Magic locker room to me is, and going to Magic is, is and was one of my favorite things. It's like a spiritual experience. And now that I got to sit in the locker room and like, you know, is this guy coming up behind? Is he is he mad? Is is there going to be another? The fact that I have this variable lingering over my head now it, it ruins the entire workplace for me for now. So management strips some of the title. It's great, but you know, it doesn't change the workplace now. Because now it's like a, a volatile workplace for me because I'm going to have to look over my shoulder for him. It's nicer that, you know, next event, maybe John Tello will be there. Like I'll have like uh, in my mind some support mm-hmm. physically that, you know, maybe at least somebody would stop him or somebody physically would be able to intervene. But, you know, for that, say, say that happens in the locker room, you know, a choke slam on the tiles downstairs or something like that or to get pushed through a table or something. I, I can't defend myself against him. No, I, I honestly don't think anyone else can. I, I honestly don't think a referee is going to make much of a difference either. But listen, Shane, we don't want to see anything bad happen to you. Please, my man, be smart when you're, when you're around and when you go to Pro Wrestling Magic. Do what you got to do to protect yourself. 
They social try distance. To make, try to make amends. I don't, I don't know. But avoidance. That's just um, avoidance. That's the key word for me is going to be avoidance. Whatever it is, man. But we're glad you came on the show to tell your part of the story, man. I appreciate and, it. It's good to see you, too. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for giving me a forum so that this guy doesn't just uh, give his revisionist tale of, you know, and clear his name through his, uh, you know, his skewed vision of what happened that night. Because, you know, he operates, he's got something wrong with him where he can justify these things in his mind and move on and uh, blame it on other people else, blame it on management, blame it on Trixie and I for entering the ring. Meanwhile, he's the one that gave us the ultimatum, you know. It, well, honestly, I, I think we, me and you, we can go on all day about this as far as like how, how I see after talking with the big man and talking with you, I do see some differences here in the story. But Shane, we are running out of time. Where can we find you on social media? Um, at World's Fair Productions on Instagram, Shane Fair on Facebook. You know, my uh, feel free to DM me, message me any questions you got. I'm always an open book to everybody. Um, Twitter at Shane Karma. And of course, World's Fair Productions on YouTube. Pretty proud of that. You heard that, everyone. Slide into his DMs. Hey, now, come on. It's a welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I am your favorite actor, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann. You can find me at yourfavoriteactor.com. Oh, it's my turn. Thank you, have. Mark. You Jesus Christ. Uh, Shane, again, thank you for being here. Uh been getting the show for a while. And uh, just always know you have a home here. Anytime you want to talk or just come on the show to talk about wrestling or get something off your chest. Appreciate that. The door is always Appreciate open, my friend. Hopefully uh, next time under uh, better circumstances. Hopefully Mark won't be a dick. <laughs> Shane, was I a dick? Yes. You know, no matter what, you're, you're my boy, but I'm just, I, I, I am a little hurt that you, like, were very one-sided. Like, you wouldn't even, I mean, you wouldn't really even listen to my rationale. Yeah, he wouldn't let you talk at all. Welcome to my world, Shane. So, for Shane Fair, for MyFavoriteActor.com, Mark Schwann. I have been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>